This time on episode 428 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss the 1992 X-Men animated series season 3, episodes 17, 18, and 19, as presented on Disney+, and weekly Marvel Studio news, including Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and its Disney Plus release date, Joe Quesada leaving Marvel Comics, and Hawkeye season 2, still a thing that is on the table. I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a S.H.I.E.L.D. debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by Marvel Studios. The show is recorded on Thursday, June 2nd, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast flashback citywide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't catch it already, we love talking about Marvel. Because of dipping out on Professor X. If you'd like to talk to us about dipping out on Professor X, head on over to our website at legendsofshield.com. If you want to record how you would throw a tantrum tantrum to Professor Xavier, you can leave it on our voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you want to crowdsource some good ideas for how you can just dip out on Professor X because he's such a jerk, why don't you make a thread on Twitter and make sure to tag us at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can record how you would throw your uniform at Professor X on YouTube and then watch us at youtube.com slash geek. If you want to plan a top secrets dipping out as a group, head on over to our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord and get one of those things together. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Now, one of the scenes that Professor X had a uniform thrown at him was from Scott Summers. Now, Scott's a little bit OCD. He's a neat freak. I'm wondering where the outtake is of him running back into the room after the fact, holding it up pretty neatly, and then like putting it on Professor X's lap before he leaves again. You know, it probably happened about five seconds after he left. He, he ran and he just sort of slowed down and realized... That's my uniform. I've had that for so long. I've got to, okay, wait, I'm going to fold it, put it. Now, Dad, I'm leaving. If there was a fan video, you know, post-scene credits, whatever, on that anywhere, I would love to see it because I'm sure it exists. All right, what we're going to talk about is more X-Men, the animated series. This is the finale of season three that we're going to talk about right now. And we're going to step away from it for a little bit, but I'm excited to bring season three to a close. What about you guys? Indeed. It's a bittersweet ending, but we all saw it coming. All right. Well, we'll talk about it right now. 
previously on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hey, I'll meet you at the monorail. Have you ever wondered what the term fan service means? Because we need more background in the Cyclops. Scott finds out who dad is. Why you have got a picture of me and my mom and my brother? I have to imagine that it's solar powered somehow. But what do you think happens when they get power cuts out there? Hey, remember that time we had saw, I don't know, Forge already before in the future? I'm pretty sure we can say that because these were aired out of order, but I'm pretty sure that already aired by the time we got to here. Let's play fight again. Might have not have told you because, well, we wanted to fight back and forth. Okay, nothing can go wrong there, right? Oh, a girlfriend's kidnapped. Whatevs. All right, let me go back to being an accountant. Have you ever snuck somebody out of an apartment? If I say yes, will you not ask for the circumstances? And that previously on brought to you by our great second unit producer, Chris. I love all these new words that I'm learning here. It was, yeah, I thought about just ending the stream right there, but yeah, that was fun. Thank you very much for putting that together. It's a fun little project. I'm going to miss it while we're looking at this a secret other thing in the future during our break. Mm-hmm. You mean like Miss Marvel? Yeah, that thing. Yeah, right. Anyway, we have three new episodes to talk about. They're all in season three, X-Men, the animated series, season three, episodes 17 through 19 and not 19 through 17, as I tried to impart on us last time. They premiered on Fox Kids in kind of a weird order, which we'll talk about later. But season three, episode 17, Lotus and Seal. Premiered on Saturday, February 3rd, 1996. Season 3, episode 18, No Mutant is an Island. Premiered on Saturday, September 21st, 1996. And season 3, episode 19, Obsession. Premiered on Fox on Saturday, September 24th, 1994. Okay. A little bit out of order. We'll talk about that in a second. In the meantime, Michelle, what are the descriptions of the episodes? Lotus and the Steel. Wolverine heads to Japan for some solitude and soul-searching, but he finds his Japanese friends under siege by a gang of bandits. No mutant is an island. A disillusioned Cyclops leaves the X-Men and returns to the orphanage where he grew up, only to find it under the control of a mind-controlling mutant. Obsession. Archangel has become obsessed with destroying Apocalypse, who he blames for ruining his life. First thoughts, Chris, what do you think? Something really seems off with the timeline here, even considering that we're talking about X-Men. I'm really glad I told y'all how out of order these things were because I had to look at Disney Plus and then IMDb and then Disney Plus again because I honestly thought I told you the wrong three episodes to watch. I think I have an answer to why Disney decided to glom on to these episodes the way they did. It's three episodes with broken individuals in need of self-healing. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but probably has something to do with the grouping here. We've just been haphazardly watching these in groups that make sense, and this makes sense to me. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Well, actually, first, let's talk about all the flashbacks, because all three episodes had 
a lot of flashbacks. I called it clip shows. Michelle calls it flashback of Palooza. All right, let's start there. Flashback of Palooza. In Lotus of the Steel, it's the Wolverine clip show, Memories with Proteus, which we haven't got that story, but we actually got this flashback and it was very disturbing. So in a way, he kind of melted and had his brain warped. Okay, I can see how Wolverine is having a little trouble here. In No Mutant is an Island, Scott remembers his time at the orphanage and with Jean. And in Obsession, we see that first fight with Apocalypse, especially when Rogue touches Archangel and gets that anger from him inside of her. I loved these episodes, though. Just everything about them screams X-Men to me. Because X-Men is all about going in and exploring the character development of people. And this is a nice way to be able to do that for a lot of these characters. I'm pretty sure if this was produced today, that would have been done very much differently and more advanced. Still at the kid level, right? But in a cohesive manner and in a manner that was entertaining and fit the way everything was going. Because I think you would have storyboarded the entire, because I'd have to go back, but in my reading so far, I think the entire run, how many episodes it was, I'm thinking 60 or 80 or something like that, was bought up front after like the first season started to get going, then they just bought the rest of it, and then they had to churn through it. So in a modern writing room, you could sit down and game plan where you were going to go in three or four years. I don't necessarily think that they did that here. I think they tried, but it just, the way the animation was working with them, they had to shelve some episodes and come back to them later. They were still the same episodes, but just completely out of order. And the biggest one I can point to is No Mutant is an Island, because you get the funeral for Gene, who we've already seen has come back in the Disney Plus order. and. At the very end, when she comes back, that was probably a big surprise or supposed to be a big surprise at the time. But for us, we're like, okay, is she gone? Is she coming back yet? I'm so confused. I don't understand. But obviously, Jean goes and comes back. So maybe that's just the thing. I don't know. The order and the flashbacks, I think, go hand in hand in this discussion. But the flashbacks weren't. The majority, it wasn't a true clip show episode, like the entire episode wasn't a clip show, but there was a significant portion of the episode devoted to it, especially in the Wolverine episode, Lotus and Steel. I want to say about five minutes of that episode was clip show, but anyway, the other thing that we want to talk about is the fact that each of these episodes had some sort of self-improvement or self-healing. Chris, you mentioned that. Yeah, Wolverine going to Japan is a fairly comics-accurate thing. So when he goes off, that's something readers would have been used to at the time if they were watching the show. Maybe not so much going to this village to help build this temple, but definitely going back to try to find people he had been friends with before, try to recenter himself, try to get back to a Wolverine that is not necessarily just a giant killing ball in his case a tiny killing machine yeah it's 
interesting to see how he was like, I don't even care about you, Jubilee. I need to go off to Japan. And I know because plot, but he's like there for two days and all of a sudden he stumbles into a plot straight out of Seven Samurai. I didn't even know who that character was. I had to look it up. Silver Samurai, I believe, is the character, which is a known supervillain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Big enough to be in Marvel versus Capcom. What's the bar for that? I don't even know. Is there a bar? Um, Maybe a dartboard? Yeah, that's probably more like it. <laughs> Who do we have the rights to that we could throw in here? Well, the whole Wolverine episode, I had an issue with Jubilee going off without talking to anybody. She left Professor X a note, at least, and she arguably is getting better at flying because she didn't out-and-out crash this time. But what is with these people just going off? And At least when Scott and Logan left, they were talking to Professor X at the time. There was no mystery behind the fact of why they were leaving. Jubilee just takes off without talking to anybody. I mean, there's no reason for her to do that. She's part of the team. She should at least discuss this with some team member, maybe Storm or Rogue. There is a good reason for her not saying anything, though. There's no way that anybody, especially if she was talking to Professor X, would have let her go off and chase Logan to Japan. And we need to remember that last week we covered when she let Bobby out. And if you don't realize how out of order these are, Jubilee let Bobby go. And now Jubilee is taking off again. In a way, you see that as a pattern of behavior that perhaps Professor Xavier hasn't really dealt with yet. Well, of course, Wolverine finds trouble with a Japanese motorcycle gang, which is led by the Silver Samurai, who doesn't need a motorcycle because he just can travel in the ether or whatever. Got a transporter beam somewhere nearby. Teleportation, something. I don't know. Anyway, it's a motorcycle gang. It's a bad motorcycle gang. And of course, the superhero, the reluctant superhero is there to help the village save the day. I wouldn't say Logan played a singular part in the whole thing. He played a part like the village stood up for themselves, which is, but I guess the mafia is pretty big in Japan because, you know, you have to pay protection money. Well, as he says, it's a typical racket run. But for those of us who, there's the Kira Kurosawa film called Seven Samurai. The American version remake is called The Magnificent Seven, where you've got individuals, the village needs help. They can't defend themselves. So they teach the villagers how to defend themselves. And you saw it here. It's a motif. Even in The Mandalorian, you had that type of episode where Vando ends up in the village and there's the walker in the village learns how to take care of the walker. It's a very common motif. It's become a trope now. Yeah, I thought the American version of that movie was called A New Hope. <laughs> but you do have to give credit to this motorcycle gang. They did come by and say, hey, you guys, remember, in three days, you owe us money. Most of the other people I see just pop by and say, hey, you owe us money now. Well, they did shorten it to two days and double it. Well, they kind of, in a way, I can understand that because the one villager was just being a jerk. Yeah, the kid, the mayor's son or whatever. Oh, well, but 
Logan finally comes to terms with himself and his powers and decides that he needs to use them to help and he does and then he kisses the girl which I don't think he was officially dating before but who knows what goes on behind the scenes here and then he leaves with Jubilee I can only hope that Logan decides to pilot the jet himself versus having Jubilee pilot it me too all right so the next episode no mutant is an island Cyclops has a similar thing going the one thing that I have to say about this when Cyclops leaves is that he's on a bus doesn't he have a sports car? I mean, the car is his. It's not Professor X's, right? So why didn't he take his car? Maybe it's the company car. We just think it's his. Okay. I could see that. Maybe he just wants the extra time to sneak away while they see that the car is there. But he's not sneaking away. He told he threw his uniform at Professor X and then he left. And then we're surmising he came back to fold it and leave it on Professor X's lap and then left again, but off camera. But yeah, he, it wasn't a secret. He was leaving. He completely overthought this and overplanned this. I mean, that's like his quadutionary. I don't know what four is. It's after his tertiary superpower. We, to back up a second though, in the funeral, Hank was reading from a book. It wasn't the Bible. There's no quote like that in the Bible. So that was actually made up by somebody like Larry Houston or or somebody on the writing team. Pretty neat. What gets me is Disney Plus has decided to air these out of order. Why not take this episode and put it in between the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga where it belongs? only there were some people we could ask about that it'll have to be dr internet i don't know why they have it, i mean they've obviously switched some things around to begin with i don't know why they did, didn't put this one in between there it just makes no sense to me whatsoever i hope at some point they do reorganize these so listener if you're listening in the future and disney plus is not in this order that we're talking about then good hopefully they've actually made it better i suppose they could make it worse but i know in the production order as i alluded to before they were working on some episodes that were supposed to occur in time but the animation wasn't ready so they had to push it off to another season so there were some production issues that forced these things to move around but like i said disney plus has reorganized these so why not reorganize it so it makes sense i don't know the other thing I could say is say you're read watching these like you read comic books and you don't necessarily get all the comic books in order, right? You pick up the books as you can, so you're getting the story out of order. Maybe they're trying to simulate that, but if they are, it kind of sucks. I think you are now overthinking things. Well, I mean, I've been podcasting thinking about Marvel and overthinking about Marvel for over 10 years now. So yeah, I think that is definitely a possibility. All right. Then we had the last episode, which was basically Hank falling in love with a ship's computer. When did he have time to become besties with a computer? That's number one. Number two, you know, the man couldn't have Carly. And now he can't have a relationship with a computer. That's cold. Give the man a chance. He could have a relationship with the computer, but the computer died saving them. 
So he pulled a Groot, the AI or she, she pulled a Groot. I think uh, we'll, we'll just assume that the computer is identifying as female just so I can wrap my brain around it, right? So she saved everybody and then crashed into the ocean, thus, you know, short circuiting herself because she was damaged to the point where even if she was water contained IP 87 or whatever, she wasn't going to be able to sustain that. So she died. And then Hinks without somebody. I don't know. I mean, I think if Hank would hang around libraries more often, maybe he would find somebody at an intellectual level that he could, I don't know, be with. Who knows? I just feel really bad for him because, especially in this series, he seems like such a sweet guy. And everybody he starts to get close to just disappears off into thin air. And they're never heard from again. We also had the Dark Horseman back. We had Archangel back, right? With his sweet, sweet Walt Simonson pink and blue uniform. Warren has, he's not wrong. I mean, he's got a vendetta against the big guy, but he, in effect, lets him loose by attacking the ship's computer. So he kind of shot himself in the foot. He did. He reminds me last time we talked about Professor Xavier's brother, Kane, and how Kane allows Professor Xavier to live rent free in his head. Warren allows Apocalypse to rent to live rent free in his head. He's completely, that's why it's called obsessed. I have to be the one to bring vengeance upon Apocalypse. I have to be the one to end this immortal being. I have to do this myself. You don't understand what I'm going through. Me, 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 me. And you're right. He makes everything worse for himself and for the people who are trying to help him. Well, it would have been a little bit easier for him to not mess things up if he had known the plan, though, which is also entirely his fault because he ran off before they had a chance to tell him the plan. Uh, Technically, he didn't run off. He flew through the skylight. I don't have enough hands to facepalm all that that deserves. (laughs) Yeah, he went through a skylight, apparently an open skylight, because I didn't see any glass crashing down. He removed the the window from... Oh. He removed it. He was polite. He didn't do an arrow and just smash through the window. Or he didn't do a Wolverine and smash the mirror before he left. I I think... The way the X-Men lore is, is that the room right next to Logan's is Scott's. So <laughs> Logan punches through the mirror and punches through the wall. So Scott's probably sitting on the other side watching these knives come through and go, oh, wow, Logan's at it again. Oh, no, Logan's leaving again. No, Logan, don't go. Please stay here. I really care about you. Not. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I'll go with he removed the window because he probably just didn't want to get hurt himself before he went off to go fight Apocalypse. And fighting Apocalypse, if you watch the fight animation, it's not entirely all that great, but they do have a target. It's on Apocalypse's back, right? They've identified that this is the thing that's going to incapacitate, aka kill Apocalypse. And you could see that all of them are trying to go after it. And Apocalypse successfully 
defends himself against the whole thing, which, okay. I mean, Apocalypse is the better winner here. The only thing in the fight that turns against him is the AI. Even when he double crosses the AI and takes control of it, the AI takes control of itself back. Little back and forth action there. What else do you have to say for these episodes, Chris? I was really excited to see Boom Boom and Skids in this one. They are two of my more favorite but lesser known to me characters, and I wish that we would see more of them. Rusty and, and Wizkid, yeah, they're fine too. But you have Boom Boom, who is just so cool, but also makes things explode, and we kind of get a waste on that. And villain that you've heard of on previous episodes of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., Kilgrave. I was thinking that. It's like, Kilgrave, that sounds familiar. Of course it does, because we've talked about it before. But you have these mutant kids, and apparently mutant kids have a style all on their own, like way above what normal kids have, right? You've got one kid in a wheelchair in a full-up suit with a helmet. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we don't see that too often these days. Kids got style. If you have a chance to be classy, do it. So wearing a helmet and, and a super suit is style? Yeah, wouldn't you do it if you had a chance? Maybe. I don't know, though, that it would be like pinning me into the same thing to wear day after day after day after day. And, oh, I did that for decades in an organization. So I'm kind of over it. It's part of being a superhero. You need your super suit, but no capes. That's why you should never play the drinking game of drink every time Kate Pride changes her costume. I'm looking forward to seeing Pride again. Michelle, anything else for these episodes? I thought it was interesting how Scott was Kilgrave's fine to seeing one news piece, not even like a full 30 minute special, like Dateline or something. It's just one news little blurb and all of a sudden he's like oh my goodness Kilgrave's bad I have to go rescue those kids great deductive reasoning Scott Scott also fell for Sarah but then at the very end he's like no I I can't be with you I need to go back to the mansion and at the time he didn't know Gene was coming back so I'll say good on him for doing that Sarah's not a redhead she had no chance (laughs) all right Final thoughts, Chris? Krakoa is an island. Krakoa is also a mutant. There is at least one mutant that is an island. I enjoyed these because I looked up how much out of order they were. That way then I could enjoy them as each individual episodes, bottle episodes, and get the theme from them from that way. Yeah, maybe you cut down on the fried chicken, huh? You do not do that. If Rogue had turned to him and ripped off his head and kicked it to the moon, I would have been like, you go, girl. I was like, what the heck? I can't believe you said that. I can't believe the people at Fox let that one through. That was, wow, that was cold. And about fried chicken, one of the most holiest of foods. All right, well, that ends our discussion on X-Men the Animated Series Season 3. 
we're going to take a hiatus from X-Men the Animated Series because, oh, Marvel's giving us new content. Ms. Marvel, Episode 1, Season 1 drops next week. We will talk about it next Thursday night, and we hope to see you there. I'm excited to see this new series because so far, Disney Plus has at least been on the upper side. Medium to upper side, I'd say. I don't think we've had a complete stinker yet. So looking forward to seeing this. What about you guys? It looks adorable. I'm definitely going to have to read the G. Willow Wilson run again before the first episode comes out. All right. Well, you got like, what, five days. So good luck. That's enough time. It's not a super long run. All right. In the meantime, we have some Marvel Studio news to talk about. We finally know when Doctor Strange 2 is coming to Disney+. Plus. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is coming to Disney Plus sooner than expected. The streaming platform told fans that they can expect the Marvel movie to make its way onto the service on June 22nd. Now, Multiverse of Madness was still cruising at the box office even after almost a month in theaters. But now people get to enjoy the spooky trip with Benedict Cumberbatch's prickly wizard from the comfort of their couches. I might not go see this in theaters now. The past few weeks, we have been very close to going. And then we would just wake up in the morning and decide we didn't want to leave the house. And now that it's just a three-week wait, I think I can deal with that and just watch it from home. There's a lot that I want to watch right now on streaming anyway. Space Force Season 2 I haven't seen yet. I know it's canceled over on Netflix, so I want to see that. I want to see Strange New Worlds. I want to see the rest of Picard. I got, I think, two episodes left of Picard. There's a lot for me to watch. As I'm saying this, some people are saying, well, SP, that's not that many episodes. Yeah, I get it. But it's a lot of time out of my schedule to watch all that. To take, I don't know, four hours out of my day to go to a movie theater to watch this and then come back home. And in addition, worry about health things as well along the way i'm grateful that disney has decided to do a june 22nd thing i just have a lot going on at work along these lines i mean people are getting sick left and right so I'm like eh, probably not the best thing to do to sit in a theater for that long with other people but you know that's a personal decision if you want to go go but I'm glad this is June 22nd, and we'll talk about it on the show sometime close to June 22nd. I'm happy because I am in an area where I cannot go to a theater. A lot of people are. I know. I wonder what led in, and we have not gotten insight into Disney's decision-making process here, so I wonder what led into this decision because... This is still in the theaters. It is still making money. I read a story today about how Los Angeles is considering going back to indoor masking because rates are on the rise in Los Angeles. I think Disney is, yes, we want you to go to theaters and we want this to happen. But if they're going to start seeing that writing on the wall again, 
why not do this? And uh, some of the offices that I work with in Washington, D.C. are also considering going back to mass. Maybe some reduced office presence as well, which is counter to a lot of other companies out there where they're trying to spur people back to the office. We'll see what happens. I mean, I know that's part of it, but I'm just grateful that they made the decision because I thought we were going to have to wait until like August, but I'm fine waiting until June 22nd here. So looking forward to it. Michelle, what do we got next? Joe Quesada, the fan favorite comic artist who became a Marvel editor in 1998 and eventually the chief creative officer of the company, will part ways with the comics publisher. Quesada announced via social media that May 31st was his last day at Marvel and that after more than 20 years, he is looking forward to facing new challenges. Quesada came to Marvel in 1998 as the artist on Daredevil. Quesada was named Chief Creative Officer of Marvel Entertainment in 2010, just after the birth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe created a wave of new projects that he and his editors were responsible for. He left his editor-in-chief role in January 2011, being replaced by Axel Alonso. His position was retitled as Executive Vice President and Creative Director in 2019. If you go to his IMDP page, he has 67 producer credits including multiple television shows, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legion, Jessica Jones, Cloak and Dagger, The Punisher, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Runaways, Inhumans, The Defenders, and Agent Carter. And for those listeners, we covered all those shows. So if you want to go back and, you know, listen to some of these things, you can, you know, get a good rundown of uh, Casada's career. No matter whether you read the comics or not, the comics are a very big foundation for what the MCU has been able to do. So everything Kasada was pushing through on the comic side was inspiration for what could have been happening in the MCU. And tying things together between the shows coming out and the comics that were coming out at the same time, it's a tough job. That being said, his leaving was a shock to basically everybody I talked to, both in the fact that he was leaving anyway, and how much of a warning he gave, and mostly the fact that he just announced it on social media and not some more official way. I'm wondering if there's something going on behind the scenes that led to his departure. Maybe he was not comfortable with the way either Marvel Studios or Disney was handling whatever issue that could be the case. It could be the case within Marvel Comics itself that he was not happy overall with the way things were. Maybe he was making a statement, at least internally. Maybe it was just time for him to move on, because if you've been doing the same thing for 22 years, then you might want to look a change. Maybe he wanted to pursue some creative things before he left out. Like, to give an example in the sports industry, Joe Montana could have stayed with the 49ers, but because Steve Young was there, he felt the 49ers were in good company, so he left and he went to Kansas City to try to pull it off again. Brett Favre kind of did the same thing in Green Bay. He went to the Minnesota Vikings, and recently we've seen Tom Brady with the Patriots moved down to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all because they wanted to prove something to themselves or they wanted to experience something different, like a different city, 
or a team or, or whatever before they left the game completely. That could be this case here. I don't know. I haven't read any actual things from Joe. The things that I remember the most from Joe are actually like the creator specials that he took part of. And this was before Disney Plus, so this was stuff that was like on ABC or stuff like that. You can find them now on Disney Plus, but he's always interviewed as part of the interview parade that they do for some of these specials, like 50th special, 75 year special, something like that, or uh, just the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point in time. Since he was a big part of the creative side of things, he was interviewed for that. So he's in a bunch of the different specials. He directed, I believe, a Slingshot episode. And I think he produced or directed. He was one of the creative team behind a specific Slingshot episode, for instance. Kind of getting that behind the scenes stuff. So I will miss him. But as I said before... When we had the discussion about the Fantastic Four director, there's a lot of creative people out there. And of course, if somebody wants to step down and move somewhere else in the Fantastic Four, it was he ultimately wanted to do Star Wars. So he had to divest himself of the Marvel Cinematic Universe before that. You want to do that? Okay. There are people that can come in and do great things. And as long as they have the framework, in the Marvel studios to hold them up and, and help them along the way, hopefully not hinder them. I think we'll all be fine. So that's my two cents on it. Anybody else have anything else they want to say? I do find it odd that he announced it this way. Maybe it was just a quiet way to do so. I read somewhere that he might be interested in working in an indie film, but I'm not again, 100%. Perhaps you are correct. He wants to do something different. Only time will tell. And maybe the full story will eventually come out. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Well, we have a long trend going on here in 2022. And that is our special correspondent, Chris, is covering Disney+. Plus. So, Chris, what do you have for us today specifically on Disney+. Plus? Well, do you remember how Hawkeye was set up in this certain Emmy category so that they could possibly win some Emmys with their short series, limited series category. Yes, I do. Well, now there's some renewed hope for a second season because they decided that they're just not going to say that it's a limited series anymore. The official Disney Studio Awards page now has it listed for outstanding comedy series instead of outstanding limited or anthology series. Obviously, the words limited series point to a series only having one installment instead of multiple seasons. But since Hawkeye has been categorized, the odds lean more favorably for our Hawkeye stars to once again return to Disney+. There are so many different avenues Hawkeye Season 2 could decide to go down. With the finale pointing to Kate Bishop officially taking up the Emerald Archer moniker herself, it could focus more on her exploits and less on Clint Barton. Yes, please. I will take that all day long. In kind of a passing the torch scenario, or there's always hope that Marvel continues to tease a young Avengers formation as more and more of the heroes are introduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is how we get our Ghost Spider. The day Gwen is in the MCU is the day I think Chris's head explodes. <laughs> that's probably true. He's going to need a change of pants, that's for sure. 
as far as Clint Barton goes, I am pretty happy with him going into obscurity and not necessarily seeing him on screen anymore. But we've been introduced to his family, and now I want to know more. I want to know more about his wife. I want to know more about his kids. And I don't know if he needs to be there or not. But if they do have a Hawkeye season two, I really hope, even if it focuses in on Kate, I hope we get more of the Barton family. I can see that. But Kate was amazing. And I think it would be great if we had Kate Bishop. I'm fine with no Barton family. If we can get Yelena back. A Kate and Yelena episode. I can. I think that's why they are able to classify this as a comedy because of that one episode. Because the whole cutlery joke, the hot sauce and the macaroni, it was classic. I think okay, that one episode was good, especially any interaction that they have, including when they were fighting each other, was just amazing. Granted, but I think every interaction that Clint had with Kate. Most, I'd say 95% of the interactions that they had were along the comedic edge. So I could see this being classified as a comedy. I mean, it's part of the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There is so many comedic moments that happen along the way. I know him from work. You know, it's just, it happens. Now, yes, there are one-liners and not the entirety of the movie or the show, but I could definitely see that happening. Anyway, yeah, I'd be fine with another season of this. Some of the series, I'm like, eh. Like, low-key, I hope that they put it to bed in season two, or they take it into a direction that is equally epic. If they did a season two of WandaVision, that would be very hard to do. Matter of fact, it would be near impossible to do right now, but they could do it. Could they pull it off the same way as they did? Probably not. I think Hawkeye is one of the few ones that you can bring back and continue a story, even if it's not the same story, and continue the story and still have the same feel to the whole series. Again, my two cents. All right, that's it for the news this week. Michelle, you got an idea? I think we all should hop in Jubilee's jet and get on out of here. Have either of you two ever taught a teenager how to drive a vehicle? No, I thank goodness. No, been a teenager being taught how to drive. There is nothing more terrifying than not having any control over the vehicle whatsoever, other than reaching your foot over to hopefully hit the brake pedal than teaching a teenager how to drive on the streets that is not confident terrifying my oldest daughter love her to death she was so afraid of that center line that the wheels often went off the road on the right hand side of the road which might not be that big of a deal but if you live kind of in the country where you have these big culvert ditches right next to the right hand side of the road it's a little terrifying, especially if you're the pasture on the right hand side of the road and like mailboxes and telephone poles are like right there. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. I can't imagine being in a jet with Jubilee as she's flying. I just can't. So, oh, 
if we have to do it, Mr. Teamy, knock me out and wake me up when we get there, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap because my superpower is being able to fall asleep. Yeah, it's, if I'm able to do that, that'd be great. But uh, to ensure that I'm out, please drug me. Okay. All right. Thank you very much to our listeners for sticking with us through these three seasons of X-Men, the animated series. If you're just joining us or if you're just listening to us, I would heartily encourage you to watch them. It might be a pain. You might have other things to watch, but we are going to get an epic X-Men 92 continuation or X-Men 97 or whatever they're going to officially call it next year. So to get ready for it, you have these five seasons available on Disney+. Plus. I highly encourage you to watch them, to catch up with us, and then contact us about how you think the episodes go yeah there's a lot of cheese yeah it's 90s cartoons but it is going to shortly be part of the marvel cinematic universe so please let us know what you think and you can always find me on our discord server at guineageek.com discord to discuss this or anything else that's marvel yes thank you for watching us downloading us spending time with us we know you have a lot to do and if you want to hear more from me you can follow me on twitter at shell underscore game every person who decides to spend their time with us is another person that we love even more because you chose to spend your time with us when you had thousands billions i don't know other podcasts you could have been listening to one of which might help you out if you want to hear more from me is play comics where the last episode i had i talked to Moses, the well-read mage from MageCast, and we talked about the Spider-Man arcade game. Because why not? That would have been cool. I had a chance to play a Spider-Man arcade game when I was attending C2E2 a few years ago up in Chicago, so that was fun. And I echo what Chris says. Thank you very much, and what Michelle says. Thank you very much for joining us. We know you have a lot to do, and we feel honored that you're here. So until next time, I'm Director SB. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. Oh no, Jubilee, watch out for that tree! No! Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at Incompetech.com and also artists on Pond5.com and AudioJungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. One thing that bothers me, though, Scott witnessed the burning down of the orphanage, and then he just leaves. Those kids and Sarah have nowhere to go. I thought he was going to invite them to the mansion. You need some place to stay. How about you come to this school for the gifted that I run, help run? Yeah. I mean... They need a headmaster because Lord knows that Professor X ain't even good at it. So, yeah, I mean, Sarah can come in and take care of the kids and 
Professor X can teach them bad mutant skills. And yeah, I think that would work. But yeah, he just leaves it. Oh, I'm going to go back home. And then they're there, homeless. It's because Scott's a dick. I've decided to go through my stuff <laughs> and urge. So right now, my house is a com- right now, my space, the space that I inhabit is a complete mess. Because I'm like, I don't know what's in that box. What's in that box? Oh. <laughs> and it's like, I had, I had all this stuff shoved in this closet and I did not know it was that much stuff in that closet. So yeah, it's, it's been a project. So what kind of piles do you have? Do you have a keep pile, a donate pile and a trash pile? Is there a sell pile? There's no sell pile because, well, there will be, there will be, there will, there will be a sell pile because there is a store here that takes like DVDs and I haven't turned on my Xbox 360 in like seven years. So, um, I think it can go to a new home, (laughs) um, because I've been doing all my PS4 stuff. Um, so there will be a sell pile for that. Um, there will be a donate pile for like books and possibly some clothes and maybe some stuff and definitely some junk, but also junk for staples takes, um, old electronic stuff and cables and all that type of stuff. And it's like, I'm tired of these extra things that I definitely don't need just accumulating dust. Cause I have to dust that. <laughs> well, you and me are right aligned on what we're doing right now. I have five major projects going on in the house right now, which spill over into decluttering this office is part of it but also the basement with the comics i know i sent you pictures of the yeah yeah that is a project in process that is not completed there's still hundreds of loose comics that i still have to organize bag and board board and bag whatever and then put in there and then because my local comic book shop didn't provide bags and boards with the comic books so I have wow. to do all that, organize it, try to find out what I don't have and what I have. And that's on me for not organizing that for the last seven years. I mean, I did have it a little bit organized, but then I was like not organized for years. So I need to get that organized. So that's part of it. And so is the storage areas. And there's just a lot, like I said, five major projects and it all stumbles from me getting a new gpu and then having to build a new computer and then moving a new computer creating two new podcasting spaces coming up with the roadcaster pro 2 which was just announced which then leads to massive audio change and i don't want to keep all this old audio gear anymore so i'm going to be getting rid of it and i might some of it but i'm not going to keep the massive amounts of quantities that i have anymore and just getting rid of old stuff for instance like you i found stuff that i haven't opened in years and there was this bin on the top of my bookshelves down the basement next to the comic book stuff i was like i wonder what's in there i took the bin down it was all my old glasses from like before i had prk surgery on my eyes wow i don't need 
them anymore. I think I kept them around for spare parts, but I don't need those spare parts anymore. So I'm just going to get rid of them. Just they're sitting on the kitchen island as a daily reminder to me to get rid of them. So I need to get rid of them. We had massive, because of all of this, I had massive amounts of trash. So my trash bin and my recycling bin were full. So I get to refill them up now. Yeah, my poor cat, because it's, you know, she can't be on all the parts that she wants to be. You know, like she has 5,000 spaces usually to be, but now she only has 2,000. And that has made her upset because, you know, there are things now on the floor. And I wanted that spot, but there's a spot three inches. And no, I want this spot and I'm angry. <laughs> She's just, I feel for, you know, it's a lot. New cooler coming in tomorrow. That's right. Oh, I didn't tell you. Uh, so I don't know if it's the weather or not, but my PC is going up towards 60 where it mm-hmm. should be down towards 45 or 50. So I was talking to Steven about it and we're both on the fence, but I think I am going to buy a liquid cooler for mine because I just don't want to chance it. If it continues to go up and up as it gets hotter and hotter out, maybe it's the humidity. You know, I don't know. It is air. I do have air conditioning. I might have to get a new cooler too, but I'm curious as to how yours is going to perform. Well, I will definitely let you know because right now, right this second, it, when I looked up, it said 70, but that was a spike. Yeah, let me take a look at mine really quick. This was something that I never even thought of before. Oh, so I, did some looking into my old computer. My old computer has an i7 6700K and it's spec'd out to run it's a 65 watt processor and it's spec'd out to run at least 95 watts on surges. I couldn't get it above 42 watts, which means the HP BIOS that they have in there is throttling the which means I've had this great computer this whole time not doing as much as it could. Wow. Yeah, I talked to Steven about it and he's like, well, I'm not surprised. I'm like, I know you're not surprised, but I finally, and I, I knew it, but I never tested it. And now I tested it. I'm like, all right, mine's down towards 39. If I do processing on it though, it spikes up to 60 and it like stays there. So it does a very poor job of dissipating that heat once it gets up. But if you got the same cooler that I do, you should have no problems keeping yours down under 50. So good. I'm really excited about that. New cooler coming in tomorrow. That's right. Oh, I didn't tell you. Uh, so I don't know if it's the weather or not, but my PC is going up towards 60 where it mm-hmm. should be down towards 45 or 50. So I was talking to Steven about it and we're both on the fence, but I think I am going to buy a liquid cooler for mine because I just don't want to chance it. If it continues to go up and up as it gets hotter and hotter out, maybe it's the humidity, you know, I don't know. It is air. I do have air conditioning. I might have to get a new cooler too, but I'm curious as to how yours is going to perform. Well, I will definitely let you know, because right now, right this second, it when I looked up, it said 70, but that was a spike. 
Yeah, let me take a look at mine really quick. This was something that I never even thought of before. Oh, so I did some looking into my old computer. My old computer has an i7-6700K, and it's specced out to run... It's a 65-watt processor, and it's specced out to run at least 95 watts on surges. I couldn't get it above 42 watts, which means the HP BIOS that they have in there is throttling the which means I've had this great computer this whole time not doing as much as it could. Wow. Yeah, I talked to Steven about it, and he's like, well, I'm not surprised. I'm like, I know you're not surprised, but I finally, and I, I knew it, but I never tested it. And now I tested it, I'm like, all right. Mine's down towards 39. If I do processing on it, though, it spikes up to 60 and it like stays there. So it does a very poor job of dissipating that heat once it gets up. But if you got the same cooler that I do, you should have no problems keeping yours down under 50. So Good. I'm really excited about that. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2022.